0: Hey there, welcome to Your Living Health. This is the podcast where we talk about real life strategies to reduce your chronic inflammation. Each episode, we're going to uncover tools for how you can lose weight and achieve optimal health. I'm your host, Carly Lucchese, I'm a UC Davis-trained, registered dietitian, and I'm also a life coach. So together, let's coach through the science of inflammation, but in a way that's simple, purposeful, and fun. You ready? Let's go. Hey there, welcome back. Happy fall. It's officially the fall season and I'm happy to say I was able to get my decorations up and now the rain is falling. Our first fire is going in the fireplace. How is your weekend? How are you guys doing with this change of the seasons? Are you ready for this change? I, I don't know if you're in the same boat as me, but honestly, this summer was a little short for my liking. It wasn't really that hot. So I'm kind of not even ready for this. I do love the colors. I love the fall storms. So whatever, I guess I'm on board. But it's just weird to be not really looking forward to it like I usually am. So today what we're going to talk about is why we are here living this human experience. Why the toil. What's the point, right? Why this constant battle between the adult brain and the primal brain? Why do we have to endure so much discomfort and pain and put in so much effort? Is this just some sort of like a sick game? Are there even, is there an end game or are we just simple vapors of steam that just vanish, right? When we die. As many of you know, I am a Christian. I believe that God created us and this podcast is going to reflect that i believe in god i believe that jesus is god in the flesh and that his life was an example of how we're supposed to live and i believe that he speaks to us through the bible and through our thoughts as i live this human experience what i don't hear much of is doubt about god's existence that almost seems to be uniform <laughs> that Something created us because this human body that we live in is just far too incredible and intricate and just beautifully designed to be up to chance. But what I hear though is although there's not a lot of doubt about his existence, I do hear a lot of doubt around his plan for us. How many of you are in that boat? Where maybe you believe that you were created, that there is a God, that there is someone who was the creator, but that you're just not quite sure about this religion thing. Or maybe you're not quite sure that an all-powerful God who created you cares about you as an individual. Why is there so much pain in this world? Why is there so much isolation and judgment and toil? What is the point of all of this? And maybe some of you may be tuning in for the first time and wondering why the heck am I talking about God when the focus of this podcast is weight loss and inflammation. But the thing is, I think that these two topics are very interwoven. When you're living and thinking in alignment to your true purpose, when you are very crystal clear about what the purpose is and what you're intentionally living into, you're going to be a lot less prone to that chaos of the primal brain-driven fight-or-flight response or that top-down-driven inflammation. When you're trying to lose weight, the purpose behind it becomes so much stronger than just wanting to fit into those cute clothes. It becomes more of this mission to live into this person who is here for a purpose. And you get to live into this elevated version of yourself. The conversation of God and the confusion behind religion and the point behind this human experience, I think is absolutely a conversation that I want to have with you. And this is a big conversation. So I dare say this probably isn't going to happen just once. (laughs) So we're going to take this conversation one chunk at a time. So today I want to address some questions that frequently come up. Um, And when I say frequently, I would say that at least one out of three of my clients kind of start to have these questions or within friends and family, these, these questions arise. So I just want to talk about them. Uh, so these questions that I've heard include, why when I pray God never answers? Why does he leave me alone, struggling and in pain when I need him the most? Why this sick game, these constant challenges, the need to be conflicted every single day? Why am I judged for being imperfect, judged for my life not being in alignment with a Bible that I can hardly even understand, for questioning even the Bible's accuracy? And then even if I don't live this perfect life following these unclear needs, Cool, then I get to burn in hell for eternity? Like it seems pretty harsh as the judgment dished out from the one who created everything to begin with, right? I wouldn't do that to my kids. Provide some convoluted instruction manual and then be mad when they don't follow it. If you have ever asked any of these questions, thought in this style of question, you're in the right place. I'm not here to tell you what you should think, But I do want to have a conversation around what it might be that God has planned for you. And that might make some of these questions that really get into the weeds a little bit easier to answer. Right now, I bet you have this belief or you have an idea most of you do, that there is a right and a wrong way to live, that there are particular steps to follow in order to achieve heaven or more so to live a right life. Many of you believe that there is a right or a wrong way to live, even if you don't believe in God. You believe that there is a certain way to live to be considered a good person. But even something as simple and universal as this thought, it might be inherently flawed that there is such a thing as a good or a bad person. And even if there is such a thing as a good or a bad person, what if believing this thought was just not useful? What if with the belief of a good or a bad person, good or bad behaviors, what if with this belief immediately comes ego. And what does ego create 100% of the time? Separation. And what does the Bible teach? 100% of the time, it teaches connection, love. Where there's ego, the idea that you are right and someone else is wrong, there's judgment ahead of time. But the thing is, we're not the ones that are allowed to judge in the first place. Like God specifically tells this in the Bible. He's like, I mean, obviously this is not verbatim. This is my little um, analysis here. It's God specifically tells us, he's like, hey, guys, leave the judgment thing to me. I just need you to love. That's all you have to do. What if ego and the idea that you can have a right or a wrong lifestyle, what if that creates a church that's filled with people who are separated. And it's not to say that there aren't rules in place. God gives us some rules, right? He's like, "Hey guys, um so don't don't kill each other, don't covet, don't cheat, don't steal, you know, the 10 commandments, love me above all things." But if you notice your friend stealing, cheating, lying, where we tend to kind of steer this train wrong is than assuming that I'm a better person than them because I'm not doing that. No, there is no such thing as a better person because of actions. Your worth, your value, it's untouched from your actions. But when you're passively adopting this belief system that you can be a good or a bad person, well then that's exactly what you're believing. And it's not to say that you can't confront your friend uh, for stealing or lying or cheating because God also tells us that only iron sharpens iron. But if you're confronting your friend from a belief that I'm good and you're bad, how do you think that conversation is going to go? Do you think it's going to create connection? Or do you think it's 100% of the time going to create separation? How much different... Would that conversation go if you were coming from the space of I love you and I know we're equally valuable and I notice you're choosing to break God's rules? What's going on? Are you okay? Can we talk about this? Like I want to come alongside you and help you through this challenge that you're going through. A conversation that comes from love, it will create connection. A connection. Or a conversation that comes from ego and calling someone out, it just doesn't. It creates separation. And God tells us from the book of John that above all things, love one another. So as I've loved you, you must love one another. So what would it look like if being a Christian, so this is where we're going to convert into, let's talk about religion a little bit, okay? What would it look like if being a Christian didn't mean living a certain lifestyle, but it more focused on the energy behind that lifestyle? Is it coming from love? Then yes, perfect. Like, keep going. And this might look starkly different in different situations because we look to Jesus' life as the example of how we're supposed to live. And in his life, it looked like Jesus throwing a table in a temple one day And washing his disciples' feet on the next. But in each of these actions, the energy was from this deep love for the humans. Jesus' life is the ultimate example to look to in all situations. And it shows us that what looks like love can be marred so easily because you can have the same actions coming from different thoughts and different feelings. In the church, service can look like love from the outside, but becoming from an energy of resentment or obligation. This isn't what Jesus commanded us to do. Jesus didn't say, serve from an energy of obligation. And he doesn't ask us to do that on a daily basis. He asks us to get to the space of love. And then from that space, love one another. He doesn't say, service will create love, (laughs) so you better go serve so that you can have more love in your life. Or he doesn't say, if you serve, you will be more loved. He just tells us to love one another. And I think this is why there can be so many questions and really so much resentment, so much confusion around religion and church. Because there can be the right actions. From the outside, it can look so so good, so pretty, but it's not coming from the right energy a lot of the time. And we feel that as humans. We know when someone isn't serving, isn't acting, isn't conversating with us from a space of love. We feel when ego is creating separation. We know we're humans. God gave us that ability to feel that energy, that, that love, that Feeling, right? And if you look closely within God's instructions for your life, you can very clearly see that He's always guiding us back to our thoughts, to manage your mind, to always do your individual work and find your way back to the energy of love before service. So, what is the whole point behind this human experience? What if it is just to simply find and create love despite life's circumstances? And I don't want you to misinterpret me here because I am absolutely not saying that you will be in the energy of love 100% of the time because that's just not reality, right? Because the fact of life is that 50% of the time this life is going to be terrible. And I think that that's by design. It's just going to be uncomfortable, right? Love is comfortable, most of the time. (laughs) Sometimes choosing love isn't super comfortable, but just remember, life is going to be terrible 50% of the time. Why? Because it's through that that you have the ability to feel your feelings. It's so that you will be challenged. It's so that you will learn how to notice the spiritual warfare that lives in your thoughts and to feel the emotions that are created from those thoughts, and then consciously decide the life that you want to live despite those circumstances that you're faced with and despite those automatic negative thoughts that you're exposed to. This life, it's not sunshine and rainbows. And I think that that is by God's design. And it's truly by his grace. This life, it's built around allowing us to experience free will. And with that comes, (laughs) drum roll, that comes negative emotion, which the negative emotion is all created from our thoughts. It's from our negative thoughts. And then, because God loves us, Jesus did us a solid by giving us the answer to living well ahead of time so that we didn't have to figure it out on our own. He's like, guys, check it out. Love one another. And if you don't know what that looks like, my entire life is going to be dedicated to that example. This life is hard, but what makes it hard is not your circumstances. It's your thoughts. Do you want to make this life easier? Begin to manage your mind, to begin to think consciously, and fight to find love despite it all. If you want to fill that deep hole within your soul, which seems to be a universal whole that is in every human, I challenge you to manage your mind around your circumstances and fight to find love despite it all. Act from love, speak from love, serve from love. And when we love, God smiles and says, well done, good and faithful servant. That's when life will become more clear. Life will be easier And it's not in our actions, right? Because love isn't really, I mean, it can be an action, but love very much so is an energy behind our actions. Life will be easier, not in our actions, but in the energy behind our actions. Love always fills. It energizes us. It fulfills the human soul. But what about the argument with God? Where were you when I needed you? I felt so alone during my struggle. I needed help and you weren't there. I prayed and you didn't answer. What if, what if guys, if prayer was the answer to your need, but you were just a little confused how it worked? What if God asked us to pray, not just to talk to him, but more so to be witness to your own thoughts? This human experience, it's built around the thoughts that we are consciously and unconsciously thinking. So maybe God's like, okay, these humans, right? How can I get them to hear their thoughts more? Ooh, I know. I'm going to ask them to pray about everything, to pray without ceasing, right? But then we as humans, because we tend to misinterpret things, but then we took that wrong and instead thought, okay, if I pray, God's going to save me from my circumstances, which he does on occasion, thank God, in those situations. But mostly our circumstances, they're there as the curriculum to help us experience the entirety of this human experience. He tells us ahead of time, he's like, hey, guys, don't worry. I'm not going to give you more than you can handle, which to me means don't worry, (laughs) If you manage your mind around your current circumstances, you pray to me and as you pray, you listen to those thoughts that are in your brain and you fight to find love despite it all, you'll be just fine. What if that was it? What if that was all that was expected of you? To listen to your thoughts. And prayer helps. Prayer, especially out loud, which is what God commands us to do, It's very beneficial to be witness to your brain and also doing brain dumps. What if, in addition to listening to your thoughts, the only thing that was expected of you was to feel your feelings, which can be simply coming from the automatic negative thoughts or from the negative emotion that you choose on purpose. Feel your feelings. And then fight to find love in each and every bit of it. What would your life look like? What would the church look like? Would this human experience, would we still have tragedy and challenges and curriculum to overcome? Of course. That's the point. That's free will. But then at least we know what the point is. To love despite it all. So many questions about God and the church are easily made clear when the focus and the goal is just to simply find love despite it all. Why am I judged for being imperfect? (laughs) You're not. (laughs) You're judged when you don't act from love. It doesn't matter the action. If it's not coming from love, it's not right. Does it matter that I can't understand the Bible? No, (laughs) not at all. Because fighting to find love is the most clear and basic commandment that God gives us, even when we don't understand perfectly the book of Ephesians or Deuteronomy. Is this life just some sort of a sick game? No, this is free will. And free will, my friends, is a messy game. But find love and it's all going to work out. The Instruction Manual for Life, it's not that confusing. And it's made very simple so that we can't mess it up. Love God. Love each other. To do that, you will need to listen to the thoughts that come from your brain. You will need to talk to God. And you will need to choose your thoughts consciously and ultimately create love on purpose. That's all I've got for you today. I hope that you are willing to have this conversation with yourself and really consider your relationship with God. If you feel lost, if you need any guidance or direction or just a coach or someone to talk to, I want to encourage you, head on over to yourlivinghealth.com, book a free call with me or shoot me an email. It's carly, C-A-R-L-Y at yourlivinghealth.com. I love you all. You've got this. I'll talk to you next week. Bye.